0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Am Games. It's a podcast about hobbying and what we enjoy about hobbying. Okay, that's good enough for now. Um, <laughs> on this podcast, we will be talking about our hobby histories, telling stories of former games and games that we're currently playing. Uh, we'll also be going over fails and wins every week of that week. Uh, we'll be talking about favorite hobby videos and creators. We'll be talking about our favorite board games and RPGs. Uh, We'll be talking about a whole bunch of tabletop goodness. And that brings us to our personal introductions, where we're going to be giving a little insight into who we are. Um, Kurt, you want to introduce Jane for us? Yes, indeed. So who is Mr. Jane?
1: All right. Yeah, well, my name is Jane. And I am an actor and a musician. I live in New York. That's more or less it. Yeah, the city.
2: And uh, so then, how did you get into hobbying gaming? What's your What's your passion? Where does it lie?
1: Well, I mean, I I would consider myself right now a painter first. I would love to actually be playing the warhammer 40k but uh the global pandemic kind of put a damper on that um but i first got into the hobby when i was maybe 11 or 12 and for christmas that year i was given a box of the games workshop fellowship of the ring miniatures and it was it was the fellowship of the ring box so you know it had sam and frodo and that whole crew and uh at the time I was, you know, that, was, that wasn't that was even something that was on my radar. It was just, uh, oh, you know, little Jane is an artsy sort. He'll probably enjoy painting these guys. And I did. And then when I found out that there was a game attached to it, I was just, like, totally done. And I would spend just, like, hours, um, you know, drawing up army lists and battle plans and stuff. And most of that never really came to fruition, although Mike and I did play some of it. Um, and he also got me into Warhammer because he was already into warhammer so i had basically the uh third edition necrons start collecting but that was really all of my 40k experience at that point point. and then you know as happens as i got a little older and you know more involved in various things that were not hobby related that kind of fell by the wayside and uh about a year ago as the pandemic was just getting underway I got back into it because, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time at home alone and I remembered how much joy painting those little guys used to bring me. So I, I re-entered the hobby by getting the Age of Sigmar tiny, uh, the smallest set which I believe is a Storm Strike and I painted my little Night Haunts and my little Stormcast and that was about the time as well that they announced the Indomitus Box and I just really fell in love with some of those Marines and uh now i am a space marine collector i also just got on board with the Drukari, uh so i've got a little bit of, of that going as well and uh i'm just i'm having a blast um as far as other nerdy things i've been playing dungeons and dragons somewhat regularly for the last couple years and very regularly again since the pandemic and uh I don't know. I would just I would consider myself a general nerd. Um, I dig video games and sci-fi and fantasy of all stripes, and and I like it when I can paint things.
0: All well, sounds good. Well, coming off of uh, Jane there, Kurt, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: So I'm Kurt. Uh, I was born and raised in Connecticut. I just finished a master's degree in genre writing, genre fiction, with a. I also can teach English uh, online and in class. I'm currently working on an epic fantasy novel. Actually, I'm working on a second epic fantasy novel and trying to sell the first one. And I run a comic book shop. That's that's my, my, my main two jobs, writing and running a comic shop. And I, I play around with editing, uh, workshopping, and, and other writing and fiction-related
0: well, Kurt, yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm gonna take a look at your work after this. Um, we'll leave some dis- so links in the description and everything, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your hobby uh, history as well?
2: So the hobby side of things uh, started off really weird for me. I'm a little bit older than the uh, other two here. I started in 89 with uh, gaming. I, uh, I got into uh, role-playing. My uncle came back from the Navy and uh, gave me his uh, D&D stuff and ran me through a D&D game as uh, something to do on a rainy day. And I was hooked on D&D. Um, after that, I kept going to the, the bookstore and trying to get more role-playing stuff. And I discovered Battletech and Warhammer in the store. And the thing with me was, um, I had a couple friends who wanted to role-play. We didn't understand that Warhammer was meant to be this big miniature's war game. Because back in the original Rogue Trader days of 40k, the characters in the game you had to uh, you rolled their stat lines, so, like you rolled their intelligence and leadership and like their spells. So you could basically make a unit of Space Marines that were all different and had different stats. And what we ended up doing is instead, of, since we didn't have money, you know, we're kids, we didn't have money for managers. We would make up squads of like inquisitor and his like squad of marines, bodyguards, and one of us would run a scenario and the other two would run their squads through firefights just using you know paper maps and stuff like that. That's how I got into Warhammer and into wargaming was through basically role playing the scenarios on paper and then later on I got into painting and miniatures and uh, it was an expensive hobby that I couldn't really keep up with until I, later on. Um, and now I'm totally addicted to just collecting lots and lots of miniatures and sometimes painting them but I'm trying to switch that around with the pandemic I've been painting a lot more and I've been role-playing for 32 years now so uh, those are my main passions role-playing storytelling writing it all up as fiction and then making up squads and units of marines more so than making army lists anymore
0: that sounds really cool man thank you much
1: so Mike tell us a little bit about yourself
0: uh, so my name is Mike. I, uh, I'm a videographer. I have a videography company. Uh, we do small videos for small companies. I also like to dabble in some YouTube content creation, um, podcast creation, all that stuff for fun. And yeah, I'm just looking to exercise, you know, some creative juices, I guess, uh, while trying to get back into, you know, regular life again. <laughs>
1: yeah keep it juicy so tell us about uh tell us about your hobby origins
0: well like jane said um i i started back around the same age he was but probably a little younger i had a friend who was uh scottish uh well his parents were from scotland he, he was born and raised in the united states but they would go every summer back to the UK and he would bring back all these like games workshop models and stuff like that and i think it was second edition when i first saw you know warhammer 40k um and i bought uh i bought an orc um i was just i painting it up at my sister's soccer games or whatever you know um and From there, I started branching out into Space Marines. So when Jane was getting into uh, Lord of the Rings, I had realized that it was a similar type of war game to Warhammer 40k and, you know, the the traditional Warhammer at the time. Um, And was very interested in like putting together an army and I made massive phalanxes of Urkai and with their pikes and everything like that. And Um, it wasn't a very good army because it had no strategy to it other than just like push them towards the fellowship who ultimately destroyed me, but it was still fun. Um, and then later on down the line, I finally got, you know, Jane getting up, uh, with his Necrons and me finally painting up some of my blood angels. And we finally started playing 40 K tabletop again, Uh, like Jane kind of fell off, um, My army was stolen, and um, I bought a new army at a trade show and kind of got back into it, but the rules were just really, and I didn't have anybody to play with, so it wasn't really worth learning the rules, and now, you know, pandemic comes around, I'm home painting and just itching to get out and play a couple games on the tabletop.
1: I was trying to come up with, uh, something silly to say about like, you know, if you're itching that bad, maybe you should get that checked first, but you know, it just didn't, didn't quite come together soon enough. So
0: we're leaving that in. Okay, great. Uh, okay. All right. So now that we've got all of our personal introductions out of the way, uh, let's move on to one of our weekly segments where we're going to talk about our fails and wins of the week. Um, believe i can throw some reverb on that i don't know maybe make myself sound like mighty mighty man but (laughs) what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about something we failed at and something we won at this week so kurt why don't you start us off
2: all right i I gotta win and a fail um so i am in two different indie games a week uh it's pandemic times we're all online so Gaming is happening actually a lot more now than it was beforehand when we had to actually travel to people's houses. So I have a win and a fail, a win in one game, and an utter fail in the other game. And so it's a very interesting week for me. Uh, I'll start with the win, because we always start with the good and then we can laugh at the bad. The win of the week was I'm playing a high-level barbarian in my Saturday night game. And I just, like, went on a hot streak with my character. I, uh, I dropped a 20 for my initiative. I went first. I ran forward. I have two attacks. I dropped two 20s immediately. Bang, bang. Enemy dead instantly. Wow, amazing. Uh, I moved on to the next guy for the next round. Dropped a regular hit and another crit. That guy was almost dead. Over the course of the next four rounds, I managed to drop a total of seven crits. Was it eight? It might have been eight. Eight crits over four rounds. And pretty much just went from this side of the battlefield, killed that guy. Ran to the other side of the battlefield, killed that guy. Ran back to the other players who were getting dogpiled, killed two guys. It was, it was epic. Now, on the fail side of things, uh, we had a game basically grind to a halt where everyone's just sort of stopped. Um, my Tuesday night game has been running for 21 years now. Um, a regular, every Tuesday, we have a game. Um, it's multiple stories, multiple campaigns. But um we were just finishing a dungeon, we got out, we sat there and we're like, what do we do next? Everyone sort of looked at each other and went like we have no drive, no ambition, we're just going through the motions. And basically in that moment of just asking what was like what was the next step, everyone at the table, well, we're not at the virtual table, basically said, Yeah, this game's pretty much over because we have no drive to be in it anymore. And It was just a really weird sensation where everyone came to an agreement like, yeah, let's move on to the next game that the DM has in his repertoire. And the DM was like, okay, well, we're calling it for the night, and uh, you got two games to choose from. We'll figure it out next week. And um, maybe in the next uh, post or a couple, I will give you a win of the week on how that went. We'll find out. So uh, who else has a good story of win and fail?
0: (laughs) Okay, Jane, yeah, why don't you kick off your win and fail? All
1: right, great. Uh, so my win for this week, uh, I have been assembling the Drukari half of the Piety and Pain box, and uh, just really enjoying all of those pointy, pointy sculpts. And uh, you know, I was I was looking up advice on like the best way to assemble the Scourges, which are uh, you know basically these winged beasties with big old guns one of the frustrating things about that kit is that it basically only comes with one of each special weapon even though like there's no restriction on that like in the game you could have four of the same special weapon and a lot of the guides i was looking at were saying okay so really one of the best ways to kit these guys out is for four blasters and uh, like i said they only came with one blaster in the kit so i had to figure out how to kind of jury rig three other blasters and i am just really proud of my conversion work there um for one i did a barrel swap with a similar looking pistol and one of the other uh basic carbines that they have for another one or the other two, actually, I was able to trim and modify two of the other weapons so that they look similar enough to pass muster on the tabletop, and uh, that's some work that I haven't really done before, so it was really satisfying to both, you know, just think through those puzzles and uh, be very happy with the results, so I'm thrilled with that and uh, really excited to get it painted up, and that that's my win there. Um, for my fail, I'm going to pivot over to uh, Dungeons and Dragons as well. So uh, we also have a regular Tuesday night game that's uh, Mike and I play with some other friends of mine. And uh, I started out this week on a hot streak. In a completely inconsequential combat encounter, I was rolling like fire. Um, not quite as good as Kurt's, you know, seven or eight critical hits, but I don't think I rolled lower than a 16. And with my various attack bonuses with my Warlock, uh, you know, I've, I've got like a, like a plus nine or something. So all of my totals were essentially over 20. I was just killing it. And then uh, afterwards... I, I just wasted all my good rolls for the night. Uh, luckily, that kind of works for this character because uh, he's a dummy. So, uh, you know, I fell down a trap door. I got turned into a slug and promptly died. It was, uh, it was a silly evening.
0: Well, he died because he turned into a slug and landed on rock salt.
1: That is correct. Our DM is, uh, sadistic that way. The rock salt? (laughs) But anyway, I mean, yeah, you know, you get turned into a slug and you land on some rock salts and then all the moisture gets sucked right out of your body.
2: (laughs) I I get the why. I'm just like, that's just just mean.
1: Oh, so mean. So mean. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to call that a fail just because it was, uh, you know, just a whole, a whole bunch of absurdly good rolls in a place that didn't need them and uh a bunch of bad rolls in a place where i could have used the good ones but i also am a strong believer that uh you know however your dice roll you can turn it in service of the story so you know now i've got this great experience that my warlock had that i can use in my next couple of games so that's my wins and fails (laughs) I think you still had had a good time, time. though, at least. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Mike, wins and fails.
0: Okay, so my win of this past week uh, was finally getting my first four sanguinary guard. Nice and painted. They look super mint. I'm very proud of that. And... I also got Mephiston finished, Um, and he also looks really good. So I'm moving on to some other stuff right now. I think I'm going to be working on Incursors next. Um, But I'm just super proud of those two models, and I can't wait to get them on the battlefield, even if Mephiston is underperforming right now. Anyways. (laughs) My fail is a little more... uh, tragic. Actually, it's super tragic. I hadn't quite built a box to house my second army, which is Necrons, in. Um, I have them magnetized and they're all sitting on baking sheets and I have uh, uh, I have a box that is ready to be made into their storage case, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So yesterday I said to myself, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get it done today. So I brought it downstairs And I got distracted by my half-finished Heavy Intercessors. And I wanted to finish putting those together before I, you know, had to clear off space on the desk to make this new box. And stupidly, I had left this box behind me. And when I dropped a bit from one of the Heavy Intercessors and pushed myself back to, (laughs) you know, look down and see where it was... It all fell, and it just, like, sprawled across the floor. And was lucky enough that nothing, except for one thing, got broken, broken. Uh, A couple magnets fell off the bottoms of some units, you know, oh well, I just super glued those back on. However, a little while back, earlier on during the pandemic, I had ordered a Nightbringer off of eBay, and was ripped off by a very poorly printed reproduction sculpt. And I tried my best to salvage it, but it was very brittle. I I got it on a custom base, primed, it looked great. I fixed some of the stuff that was, you know, falling apart with it, with green stuff to make like some extra robes and flowy bits, because those had all broken off in transit from England from this guy who ripped me off. And it, uh, it shattered. Um, yeah, it just shattered, and it's not able to be put back together. The other crap thing is that eBay never finalized the, uh, return. Um, he never, he, he did a classic thing of leaving the return thing in limbo, because he was expect, he he didn't actually expect me to send it back, he never said he needed it to be sent back, but... Um, He had set it up that it would need to be returned for me to get the refund. And I was not about to go through a whole bunch of stuff to send a miniature that has shattered back to England. I mean, like, it literally was garbage at that point. I was really lucky to have salvaged it. So it's just kind of, yeah, be careful what you buy on eBay. Just be careful. So I guess that's a multi-fail. (laughs) yeah that's a multi-fail multi-pass multi-fail one brief
2: aside this is not like to be edited out i almost feel like you gave us the whole knocked over trays in our actual podcast two not one
0: i did i can't remember i did it happened twice oh this is the second time this is the second time
2: oh then maybe uh, okay Okay. This is the second
0: time with the same fucking army. However, this time the damage was permanent. Oh, you know, uh, that sucks. It's kind of weird because we're re-recording this segment, so like, you know, some of the stuff I talked about is gonna come up later. So I was trying to say it like okay. it's future, but at the same time, like, yes, it is the same story, except okay. this time. Okay. I mean, it's a, except it's, it happened at a different time. A different and time and in a
2: different it, area, because I think it was near it, living room before. It, okay. Yes, it okay. was.
0: You have okay. a good memory, sir.
2: <laughs> I do. I didn't want to interrupt you while you were telling the story about, like, damn, he's going to have to erase this whole story and give us another one because you already told oh, it. No. Okay.
0: Oh, no, no, no. And we can leave this in. Like, I don't mind leaving this in.
2: Uh, that's fine. I couldn't remember my fail from the first time we recorded this. So, like, I just had to come up with, like, a fail that happened really recently versus the win that happened several weeks ago when we first recorded this. I, I think I just complained about how my DM kept locking me down and, like, basically, as much as I'm an awesome barbarian who crits everything, he'll then put me in a maze, which he did this game, this most recent game, or banish me, that I basically sit out half the game, and my character is like trapped in an alternate dimension waiting to be sprung.
0: So he puts you in a timeout, basically.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's like a literal, out-of-game timeout, where I'm like, oh! yeah,
0: Okay, Kurtzog, Kurtzog, the barbarian, you must go sit in the corner.
2: (laughs) it was worse than that but yeah
0: okay so on to our next segment uh where we're going to be talking about our product endorsements not sponsored uh these are products that we like to use and love they could be brand name could be generic it doesn't matter we're supporting them here even though they don't support us kurt do you want to tell us about your product
2: obviously with with all of our hobbying you know we have to glue stuff together we could go on and on about glue maybe we'll do that in a future segment but um, i'm actually going to talk about glue catalyst today basically the insta cure for ca glue is a must if you're just trying to get stuff to stick together and not go insane especially if your glue is getting older sometimes it takes longer to set up the thing about the insta set and this is what we're going to talk about today is that it comes in a spray bottle so you know you squeeze and it puts out a big mist which covers your whole work surface and um, I recently saw a hack where you unscrew the mister and you pull out the uh, the tube and you just touch the tube to a miniature and it like one drop of accelerant will go into your miniature and set the glue instantly. That was great, but it was still a big drop of glue so your or a big drop of accelerator so your whole mini would be covered in this accelerant and then i found these little bottles now i don't have a name for these bottles i don't have a brand name or anything but you can find them on amazon and um i will provide mike with a link to them so that he could put it in show notes or wherever the heck we have links and um these little bottles have this steel tip that is like barely a millimeter it's like it's almost like a hair coming out of the tip of the bottle and um, you can fill the bottle with anything you want. The bottles are awesome. But um, I put set in them, and you can get a tiny, tiny, tiny little drop of Instacure, like right between two joints of whatever you're putting together. I mean, sometimes it's easier to just put a drop on one part and then put the glue on the other part and just stick them together. You could do that, too. That's, that's even more practical. But um, the fact of the matter is, instead of spraying your whole desk with a big spritz of of activator i'm just using a tiny tiny little drop and just one bottle of insta set has probably lasted me two and a half years now i still got plenty left Tiny little bottles needle tip applicator very very useful and you can use them for other stuff too because um unfortunately you have to buy them in uh, packs of 10 and 20 so you'll find other uses for it believe me
0: Kurt actually provided me with some of these bottles, and I have been using them for this purpose, and they are really good for this. Um, I I find it especially useful in basing, if I just want to get the mini on there and just pop it down with one hand, and then the other hand, just a little drop, a little drop, or even just touching the tip of the needle to the base near the feet and it just runs into there and just dries them instantly. No worrying about them slipping around, whatever. I do want to clarify though, you know, you can put almost anything in these bottles, yes. You cannot, or should not, put glue in these bottles. CA glue or plastic cement. Um, Inside the bottles that super glue slash CA glue or plastic cement come in, uh, are like lined they have like a chemical liner or the bottle itself is made of a material that can handle it like i don't want people to go out there and go oh cool i can put the accelerant and the super glue in these bottles and then like the next morning that entire super glue bottle is hard and done like that's what will happen i'm just letting everybody know it's just a a clarifier to that that's all um and and it's not like it's a big problem uh it's just don't do it that's 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 all it is because you can do so much more with those bottles there's a lot of things like yeah like you said you put the accelerant in it you could probably even put like little uh dip washes in it to like you know target some areas uh it's it's very handy did you want to add anything?
2: Oh, it's just I actually think it is the proper um, plastic that you could actually put liquid cement in them. But I have to go physically check again because it's like H something, it's like HVC or HVP or something plastic. HIPAA plastic doesn't uh, react to liquid cement, so I actually think you can fill these with liquid cement. But I'd have to go physically check.
0: So that depends, also because, you know, we're talking about needle-point plastic bottles. The actual substance that these plastic bottles are made of can vary. Like, the ones you provided me were more cloudy. The ones that I got from another place were, like, this clear plastic. So it, it that part of it will differ. And that's why I'm just saying be careful. You know, know what you're putting in to your stuff. I, I don't really... Think there's much of a need to transfer liquid cement, considering the 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 bottle. If you have GW liquid cement, it comes with a very similar steel, steel tip, tip applicator. Already. Yeah, so yep. you know.
1: Don't put glue in them, kids. Don't put glue
0: in them. <laughs> Don't put glue in them. <laughs> no, buddy glue, uses them glue for, is um, for your
1: models and your nose, not for the bottles. Yeah, not for the bottles.
2: I have a friend who uses them for oil. He uh, puts machine oil in them because he does train work. And he uh, repairs, um, wind watches and he puts, he puts uh, machine oil in these bottles and just one drop done.
0: That's actually a really good idea for like airbrush oil. Mm, Yeah. Various lubricants. Jane, do you want to tell us uh, about your product endorsement this week?
1: Yeah, so um, my first set of clippers that I got, which I, I think they came in one of the uh, you know the GW like paint and hobby sets, which I bought along with my uh, Soul Strike box. So those those clippers recently broke in a way that I just could not jury rig the uh, the little like kind of spring that keeps them popping open just exploded. Uh, so I had to get me some new clippers. And I went to my friendly local gaming store. Uh, I go to the Complete Strategist, which is on uh, 33rd Street in Manhattan, if any New York listeners are uh, in the area. Love those guys. Anyway, I just picked up uh, the clippers that they had were the Army Painter brand clippers. And uh, they're just awesome. It's kind of silly to, you know, point out a a tool like this. But really, I I think having good clippers is super important to get your minis off your sprues and in one piece. Uh, these have a really nice grip and their spring mechanism is it's it's made in a way that doesn't seem easily breakable to me so hopefully I will be able to have these for a long time they're uh, they're just awesome and uh, you know not too expensive i think i paid you know somewhere between 10 15 bucks for these they're great so yeah army painter clippers that's my endorsement
0: uh, and that's a good thing to hear because I think my clippers are on the way out last night I noticed they're just not cutting as as well as they used to I think they're just not sharp enough so that's that's a good thing to keep on my mind um I'll go into my product endorsement now uh which is poster tax slash blue tax slash museum putty um and and you can get it from various brands. Um I would not suggest like the super generic brands. They just don't adhere as well. Um, but you can use them for so many things. You can use them to hold your models together while you zenithal prime them and then take them apart so that you can, you know, do sub assembly uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, you can use it to like hold minis onto bases temporarily. You can use it to mask areas that you're trying to paint. Uh, you can even use it to stick things to walls. So, (laughs) so I, I think like it's, it's a great, like all around useful product. And I think, I think Kurt, you, you told me you have like a specific like museum putty brand in mind. I
2: switched from um, I tried blue tack, but I got this like dried out lump of blue tack, and I found it was like garbage. And I'm like, why is everyone telling me blue tack is amazing? But then I bought museum putty when I found out that museum putty was specifically. I actually just threw out the freaking container this morning, <laughs> um, so I don't have the name in front of me. I could probably get it. Um, but museum putty is like super, super, super sticky, and uh, I prime using an airbrush and. I blue, or I museum putty my my stuff to like corks or, or sticks or whatever I got handy really sometimes old paint pots and um, paint does like it just sort of like cracks the paint off too so I've never lost stick. it's held everything together and I love this stuff. it's amazing though it does have a hard stick like um, sometimes when I have a, a mini glue to a base and the base is stuck to the putty on my cork. If I pull the mini from the miniature and not from the base, I've actually broken the glue holding the miniature to the base rather than the base to the museum putty. But then I've had to pull the base off and then re-glue the miniature back to the base. So it's it's strong stuff, but I I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I mean like we talk about this sometimes. Um, you know, silly putty uh, used for like masking things. I- I've yeah. I've I've used poster tack to mask things, um, the cheaper poster tack because it doesn't stick as well. But if you're doing like things where you really want them to like hold your minis together, uh, I'm definitely gonna buy some of this museum putty that you're talking about now. Cause like I have a bunch of regular poster tack. And it's good for what it does, but I can definitely see the usefulness of that stickier substance.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, like, I have no, like, sometimes if you're, if you're spraying, um, you know, with your primer or your, with your airbrush, I, I've sometimes worried about like turning the miniature upside down to spray, you know, from the feet up to the head, like, because I'll be like, oh, the, the, the tack will, will drop the mini. With this uh, with this museum putty, I have no fear of basically just swinging the miniature all over the place or putting it in any direction while I paint it. Like I said, I, I usually have to find like a screwdriver or my exacto knife to pry it off the putty at the uh, <laughs> at the end. So I- I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I think it's perfect. Uh,
0: with with the poster tack, my temporary like I have a couple of models um, that are quote, fully assembled, unquote, but there are certain parts that are being held on for poster tech because at the time when I was putting them together, I thought that I was going to do sub-assemblies on them. In a future episode, you'll learn that I hate sub-assemblies, so (laughs) that's not a thing much anymore. (laughs) But uh there are like i still it's like don't touch them because as soon as you touch them they start to fall apart now because like the, the poster tech just isn't sufficient for like long-term holding things together so knowing that that museum putty's out there is definitely something i will look into for myself
2: yeah when i when i found it i don't know if it was another podcast or somewhere else but someone mentioned it to me and when I looked it up, I guess museum putty was a precursor to blue tack. Museums were using it to hold together um, broken vases, and um, when they put like a vase or jewelry or something on a pedestal, they use poster tack. So like, if there's an earthquake or a, you know, a tremor, like stuff won't fall and break. So they they used it to hold museum quality stuff on the walls and pedestals. And uh, I think I think that was the name of the brand. I think it was something quake or quake the brand I, I found it right on amazon again you put museum putty in it's like the very first thing you find it's like a beigey tan stuff and um blue Tack is basically just the cheaper generic version trying to be museum putty
0: yeah they they do it more for like you know like They call it poster tack because it's so that you can put posters on your wall without causing damage to the paint. So it's like a very mild adhesive. One of the more useful things I actually used the poster tack for was um, my... I drop things a lot. I have shaky hands. It just happens. And my... I must have knocked it off or dropped it somehow. But that little pot that you use to clean your airbrush, I, I dropped the top of it and it shattered in one spot. Now, you can't use that thing if it's not sealed because it's literally like it's keeping in that spray uh, and the fumes and whatnot and it has a filter and everything. Before I got my green stuff to make a more permanent fix for like a month or two I had poster tack just sealing that whole thing off in that area and it screwed back on correctly again after I had put that together like that because um, the threads were lined up again properly it was you know it's really useful for like just random things that you don't even realize and the other thing that I really use it for is I hang my brushes upside down from my light stand on my Desk to dry so that they can, you know, nothing gets caught in the ferrule. And I think that it's been a uh, definitely a good thing. I know after the first time I mentioned it, I know Jane went out and started doing it, and I was really happy to see that he had a picture of it. It's, I can't think of drying brushes in a better way than that. It's safe, it definitely holds them. And I have a lot of uh, long lasting brushes that should have probably died on me by now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that tip. I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks now, and I think uh, I think it's been good for my brushies.
0: All right, so that's it for the episode this week. Um, we'll be back next week. I do want to clarify a few things before we move on. A lot of times in this episode and in future episodes, you will hear us talk about hobbying separate from like other tabletop and other gaming things. We realize that all of these things are technically hobbying, when we're referring to hobbying, it's it's more of, like, the, the painting building of miniatures versus the actual, like, playing of a game. Just moving forward, knowing that, probably give you a little clarity into how we talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, my name is Mike. And I'm Kurt. And I'm Jane. And we're what am Games, hobby podcasts for hobbyists who are interested in listening, and for others, too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a good time and we'll see y'all next time